beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. You are so handsome, my love. Pleasing beyond words. The soft grass is our bed. Fragrant cedar branches are the beams of our house. And pleasant smelling firs are the rafters. I am the spring crocus blooming on the Sharon Plain, the lily of the valley. Like a lily among thistles is my darling among young women. Like the finest apple tree in the orchard is my lover among other young men. I sit in his delightful shade and taste his delicious fruit. He escorts me to the banquet hall. It's obvious how much he loves me. Strengthen me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples, for I am weak with love. His left arm is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. I'm not blushing. You're blushing. <laughs> That's in the Bible, guys. That is from the Bible. Isn't the Bible great? Like, isn't that amazing? <laughs> if God meant for romance and marriage and love to be boring, he would not have placed the Song of Solomon in the Bible. He wouldn't have done it. But it's there. It's there for all of us to see. By the way, welcome to River Community Church. My name is Sam. I'm one of the pastors here. It is so good to see all of you here on this nice cold day. It's nice to be warm in here with all of you and worshiping. Uh, quick note, if you missed the announcement earlier, we have a business meeting, all church business meeting uh, after the service, uh, the third service. So that'll be about 1230. We'll start it in here. There's child care available downstairs. Should be fantastic. Lots of really fun things happening there. I, I can't wait to be there and do that with all of you. Uh, right now, though, we are in week four of our series, Together. And if you hadn't already guessed, today we talk about love. And not just any kind of love, we talk about romantic love, committed love. Whoever you are, whether you've been married for a long time, if you're single here this morning, if you're dating, I think you'll be glad you came here today. However, I do need to say that today I'm going to be speaking directly to people who are married. But these principles apply across the board. So if you're here and you're single or if you're not in that place where you're married yet or in whatever phase you are or phase of life you are, today's stuff is so transferable to all relationships in so many ways. So I encourage you to pay attention to that. But I'm going to be speaking directly to people who are married for one time out of like two years. So today is that day. My hope is that today you will leave here with a practical roadmap you can use to experience and grow the gift that marriage is. But before we can get to the, the gift that marriage is, we first have to talk about the hard stuff. Because if we're honest with ourselves, marriage can be hard, like really difficult. And for so many reasons, especially today, like for starters, if you flip on your phone, watch a TV, do anything, the very first thing you're uh, con uh, confronted with is comparison. Comparison, like it's everywhere. Everybody else seems so wonderful and, and like their life is so great. You scroll social media and there's these smiling photos of couples together having the time of their life. How could you not compare yourself to them? How could you not feel like everybody else seems perfect, like they've got it all together, happy smiles on posted pictures? It can feel like what you have isn't what you're supposed to have. What you didn't see was like two minutes earlier, they were fighting with each other before they even took the picture, because I've seen that played out. Have you ever seen this? Like they're bickering, and then quick picture, it goes from, 
Like, right? There's like the whole thing that happens in there in like a 20 second period. They go from total fight to we're supposed to be smiling and having fun. So let's take a picture and pretend we're enjoying this. It's what happens. Comparison is a losing battle for all of us. And it makes our relationships harder than it needs to be. Another thing that makes marriage difficult and hard is a lack of alignment. So when a husband has a different agenda or a wife wants something but doesn't tell her spouse about it, there can be a lack of alignment. It can happen with, with things like finances or with time or with money or with, or with uh, the laundry or with dishes or with picking kids up. This is the source of loads of conflict in marriages. Because you haven't talked about it, haven't agreed on it, there's a conflict that comes out of it. It can make marriage hard. Another one, depleted energy levels. How many of you have experienced this one? Few of you are telling the truth. Many of you are just not having enough energy to raise your hand. <laughs> it's true. It's true. If you have a hard job, right? If you have a difficult job or you have kids or experiencing periods of, of difficult health issues, if you live or breathe or eat or do any of the things humans do, there are days when you are going to just feel exhausted just exhausted, so tired and stressed. And it can make it very hard to have the energy you need to give to your husband or to your wife. And, and if it goes on for long enough, there's this thing that builds. It's called resentment. And that can be a difficult one, a difficult one to deal with if it's a long-term energy level depletion situation where you just don't have it. You're exhausted. You're so tired. It's a normal thing that everybody deals with. And if it goes on for too long, it's time to help get some help. The last thing is this, the last thing of the ones we're going to list. There's a million different ways that conflict can be created in marriage, but the last one we'll talk about for a moment here is life that's spent walking on eggshells. Shame, embarrassment, not feeling safe or understood. When I, when I talk to different couples, this is the one that is the hardest to get to, like to get people to admit that it's there but it's often the one with the weightiest realities, the one that's the most important to address because it relieves so much else. A loving relationship requires safety. If safety isn't there, if it doesn't get addressed, it may seem okay from season to season for a little bit of time, but it will always be that limiting factor to the potential for your marriage. It will prevent you from experiencing the best that a marriage could potentially offer you to experience. Whether you have the best marriage on the planet or you're struggling, I guarantee you've struggled with at least one of these things and, and probably all of them and maybe all of them on the same day. That's just the way that our lives are. This is the, this is the bad news. There, are a bit, there is a bit of bad news with this, but there's also good news. There's also good news. You can have a great marriage. If you're dating, you can know what to look for and to work toward. It is possible to experience something so good that's such a fantastic, uh, amazing gift from God. And to help you get there today, I want to sketch out a roadmap for us, a set of directions, turn-by-turn -turn directions to help us to experience marriage at the best possible way. But let me be clear. This is only a roadmap. It's a path towards something better in your relationship. It's not a doctor visit. Or maybe to keep with the analogy, uh, sometimes you need a roadmap, 
Other days you need a mechanic. And those are two different situations. For example, last last two weeks, we took both of our vehicles to the mechanic. Yay! <laughs> Joy. There's auto body shops and mechanics. They're so great. Their offices always have the little water bottles and a nice little place to work from for like three hours while you wait for your car to get finished. And so I had that experience, right? And then you leave and you pay the bill and you like feel awful, right? Because it's just the thing. It's so much money to get your car fixed. And it seems like, oh, I can't believe I had to go and pay for this one tiny little part to get fixed to make everything work. It's, it's a reality though. You've had car trouble too before. Yes? Okay. You know this. And so sometimes that's real. And so uh, for one of the cars, it had a check engine light on. It was the best because uh, you don't know what it is. It just says that there's a check engine light. Something's wrong with your vehicle and you better freak out because something's the matter. So you, you see, and everything seems to be working sometimes. So you're like, how long can I push this? <laughs> right? Anybody? <laughs> and so you're thinking that, but, but eventually you get to the point where like, oh, the fear takes over. There's probably something really wrong with my car and I need to at least get it checked out. So you take it in and here's the good part, because you got to get it in there. Eventually, you just have to take it either now or when it actually eventually breaks down on the road and you're stranded somewhere. So you do it before that, hopefully. And when you take it in there, there's this beautiful moment when you leave the garage after they just fixed it. You turn the car on and the light's gone. It's such a good feeling. It's so amazing. One of our cars had to get brakes as they were getting to the end of their life. And so had to get the brakes done. And it's nice. It's a comforting feeling to know that your wife, when she's driving the car around, isn't going to run out of brakes. This is a really good moment, a good feeling for you to do that. So, so when you have moments where you need to get a mechanic, that's real life. Don't feel embarrassed about that. Everybody's got it. You might just be the smart one that actually gets the engine light checked out before you're stranded on the highway. Get it checked it out first. Do that. And if that's the case, if you're here today and you're like, you know what? We just got some stuff we got to figure out. And it's making everything harder than it has to be. The, there's a fear that's there underlying all the time. And I just wish we could resolve it. Don't sit on it. Fill out a red card. Come talk to me afterwards. Send me an email. You can do it online and submit it and just say marriage stuff. That's all you got to write. Marriage stuff. Put your name on there too, but marriage stuff, okay? <laughs> and when you put marriage stuff on there, we'll, get and connect, we'll connect with you and we will get you resources to help you take a next step, a mechanic type resource. And if uh, money is an issue, please come talk to us. Don't let that be a barrier for you either. We will help make that happen. Uh, there's some really good resources we have for you. Please reach out. That's the mechanic thing. This is not that. This is not that. This is a roadmap for how to enjoy marriage the best you can and experience it to its fullest. Now, to get to this roadmap, will you permit me to be corny for a second this morning? Yes? Okay. Imagine in our analogy that you are driving around and you're trying to find some location, but you're not even sure what it looks like or what it is. So you're driving around and you get to this place where you, you stop at the quick trip, right? You got to get some directions at the quick trip. So you stop there. You're looking around for somebody who knows what they're doing. It's a guy or a girl who, you know, they seem like they know the area. So you, you reach out and you say, hey, can you give me directions in the road of marriage? I'm trying to find this place, this end goal, and I'm not sure where I'm going. So they say to you, hey, you know what? I've been around these parts a long time. I know the roads you need to take to get there. Here they are. And you're like, okay, I'm going to write it down. Maybe it's my phone now, but whatever it is, it is. And you ask for those directions and they say, the first thing you're going to need to do, it's right out here. It's really close. The first street you need to turn on is Grace Street. 
Because there is not a marriage destination that's possible without first hopping on Grace Street. After on Grace Street, for just a few blocks getting started, right, you take a left on Delight Boulevard. It's a delightful street. Delight Boulevard. You're going to go down Delight. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to see things you haven't seen before. It's going to be wonderful. Then after a little while on Delight Boulevard, you're going to merge onto the interstate and you're going to invest some serious time on the interstate because you got a little ways to go. And it's going to take some time. So hop on the interstate, get on those lanes. It's going to be great. Enjoy the view. Get some good work done. Get some mileage in. And then after a bit, you're going to hop off on this really pretty, kind of bumpy gravel road called Curious Gravel Road, right? This Curious Gravel Road. You're going to hop on that, and it is going to be bumpy, but man, there are some things to explore there and some new trails you've never been on, and you're going to love it if you can get there. That's the directions in order to get to that destination of this good experience in marriage. That's where you're headed. But let's talk a little bit more about each of those specific turns on the trip. The the first one, there's not a healthy relationship roadmap that doesn't start with grace. You have to start with grace. You have to. You can't take a meaningful step without being ready to offer grace. Keeping your relationship or marriage in a healthy place or getting it there is a bumpy road. It's like hitting a pothole out on our streets, right? And you don't have any suspension. That's a bad situation. If you don't have suspension, your whole car is going to break down. Grace is like that suspension. It's that thing that helps you get over those bumps in the road. For for my wife, Meg, and I, the thing that's helped us to uh, have better conflict. Notice, I didn't say have less conflict. I said have better conflict because Conflict is a part of life, guys. If you're not having conflict in your marriage, that might be a warning sign, actually. And it might not look different now than it did before, but you got to work stuff out. That has to be a regular part of your life. The thing that has helped us to navigate conflict better over these years has been this thing, grace. Grace for each other. Neither of us are perfect, and marriage has taught that to us very well. It's just reality. Both of us have grown better at apologizing, and both of us have grown better at trying to see things from the other person's point of view, and it doesn't stop conflict. We're always working things out together, but it makes the conflict more productive and sometimes even fun because you get to work together on it. The Bible is very clear about this. It says this. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The Bible's pretty clear. Grace Street looks like compromise. Grace Street looks like effort toward understanding why someone did something. Grace Street, it looks like gentleness. Grace Street looks like the verse that comes shortly after the one we just read. And whatever you do, Or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. It's the verse that our mission statement that we're going to talk about this afternoon is based on, to represent Jesus well. But it looks like that first step toward representing Jesus well in your marriage, grace, is that first step. Being gentle in that way. Now, if you're willing to start with the grace streak, 
get down a little ways, you got to turn over into the next street, right? There are three things, three biblical things that you can practice that will help grow a relationship. A marriage that is healthy and fun and one of the best gifts you can experience. And the first of those three things is to take your drive down Delight Boulevard. And this is the fun one. This is a good one. Remember those verses that I read at the very beginning? Apples and raisin cakes, and I sit in his delightful shade. It's crazy. Like The Bible is full of these ideas of delighting in these people that are in our life. Song of Solomon is a book all about delighting in the person you love, delighting in them. When Adam met Eve, very beginning of the Bible, you know what he said? The first thing he said, he said, at last... This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She'll be called woman because she was taken from man. Alas, my love has come along. Okay, I'll stop. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. At last, right? At last. I think it's an Etta James song if you want to look it up later. (laughs) Delight is a reaction to the gifts that God has given us. Delight is a reaction to the gifts that God has given us. Here's the secret. You can practice choosing delight as your reaction. It doesn't always come automatically. You can practice it. You can practice looking for things to delight in. It's like anything. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. And for an added bonus... If you choose to delight in your spouse, there's this really fun thing that happens where they begin to delight in you as well because it's quite delightful to have someone delight in you. It really is. Like, oh, they actually like me. They find me interesting. I'm going to now delight in that fact and delight in them. There's lots of delights here. It's beautiful. And so don't be afraid to do that. Delighting in that and practicing that actually improves every part of your relationship but it takes practice. Kind of like a coffee snob, right? Or like in wine, they call it the sommeliers, where they like look for different tastes or notes within the beverage. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like I, I'm jealous of these people because they literally sit around all day and they drink coffee and they try and figure out what the notes are in this. Like in this one, apparently there's cane sugar, almond and citrus flavors or notes in this coffee. You know what I taste when I taste this coffee? Coffee. Yes, I taste coffee. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good. But this person who wrote this, they were delighting in the coffee as they drank it. They were searching for the different flavors and notes. They were exploring it. It was beautiful and so good. It's amazing. Honestly, I'm a little jealous of people who do this. I'm a little jealous of people that spend their time finding the flavors in this coffee because every single sip is a beautiful experience, a chance to taste something new. It's amazing. It's amazing. You want a good marriage? Do you want a great marriage? Become an expert in delighting in your spouse and you'll find yourself enjoying your relationship all the more. Find the flavors. So, We started out, Gray Street. Just turned down, delightful boulevard. Now we get to merge onto the interstate. And we're gonna invest a lot of time on the interstate. 
And this is a multi-laner. It's not some skinny little highway. Like there's a lot of different lanes on this interstate and you could be on any of them. But two of the lanes we're going to talk about today are very specific ways that you can invest into your relationship, how to make it grow and help it grow even more enjoyable and good and meaningful and purposeful. So we're going to spend some time on two of these lanes. And and the first one is, is the lane where you invest in each other. And the second lane is invest together. Invest in each other and invest together. Let's start with investing in each other. God shows us how to do this. At the core of the Christian faith is this idea that we die to ourselves. We die to our own selfish desires. This doesn't mean we stop caring about ourselves or caring for ourselves or, or that we neglect different hobbies or interests. It means we start choosing to care for others as a foundational principle. We start with that. We prioritize that. And investing in your spouse is not about some big dramatic act that we do, though it can include that. Really, it's a daily thing, a regular thing. And our example for this is Jesus. Jesus loved the church. And a lot of the time, and this is for every reason, we talk about and focus on how Jesus died on the cross and was raised to new life three days later, paving the path for us to do the same, have eternal life with joy as we accept his forgiveness and grace and new life. That's amazing. That is earth-shattering, transformational reality in that amazing act. However, do not miss the fact that Jesus spent a lifetime, or three years especially in an intense way, walking around day after day after day healing people, teaching people, guiding people, eating with people, serving people, washing feet. Jesus teaches us how to care for and invest in each other, to serve one another, Jesus' kind of investment means selflessness. It means giving without expecting anything in return. In Ephesians, it gives a picture of this book written by, or a letter written by Paul. It talks about submitting to each other first. Then it says wives respecting and submitting to their husbands. And then it says this. It says, and guys, I'm just going to be clear with you. Uh, never use the submit to me phrase without first reading this one and deciding, am I really doing this as well as I should? Ready? This is it. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Have you given up your life for her yet that day? Don't ask her to submit until you say yes. Okay? And what I mean by that is, honestly, like you, are you serving her? Are you caring for her? Are you listening to her? This is what it looks like. That's what investment looks like. You're going to invest in your marriage. It's a picture of daily submitting to each other because that's the first verse, to each other, it says. Then it's loving with Jesus' kind of love. Pastor Mike, uh, when he was the previous lead pastor here and and he uh, handed the baton over to me, uh, in that process of getting to that day, there was one thing he said maybe more than anything else. He, He would ask this question. He says, Sam, Who's going to feed you applesauce one day? Any of these people? Will your kids feed you applesauce one day? Maybe, but probably not. You know who's going to feed you applesauce? Meg, your wife. Take care of Meg. That's the number one thing. So you invest in that person. You invest in that person. There's a couple of 
that's what investment looks like. That's what it means to invest in one another. The second lane that we want to talk about is a little bit more unique. It's this. Uh, There's a couple that gets mentioned in the Bible a few times. Their names are Priscilla and Aquila. Paul says this about them. He says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. A couple weeks back, we we talked about how sports teams build these incredible bonds because you're all working toward one goal together. Just happens. You're building this bond because you're in it together. Everything is pointing in this one direction. If you want to grow your relationship with your spouse, here's how you do it. Care about something together. Invest together. Care about something together. And I'm not talking about your kids. That's required. You have to care for them, okay? Like, you have to, but, but it's not just them. Eventually, they're going to go off and live their lives. And that's great. It's beautiful. That's what you want. But invest in something together. I hate to break it to you, but when they're gone, when they live their own life, who's left? Like, right? The person who's going to feed you applesauce. If you want to grow that relationship, that bond, bond care, for some, care about something together. Having a hobby is great. Like some people go off running together. Some people go and uh, go vacation together. Some people do house projects together. Some people serve in this nonprofit together. There's different things you could do, right? There's fun things you can invest in together. Maybe you do puzzles together. That's great. Do puzzles together. I love it. Nothing wrong with that. However, even more than that is to care, like Priscilla and Aquila did, about being part of the mission God has given us together. And I know that sometimes that's not possible, but when it is, when you own that faith together, I have seen it further and improve more relationships than I can count. It's amazing. It's incredible to watch two people care for God's mission here on earth together and being part of that and watch it change how they live and how they treat each other. It's really fantastic. Okay, next turn. You're going to want to take, after you've been on that interstate for a while, the really quirky little gravel road we're calling curiosity. Curiosity. I hate to break it to you, but your spouse, they're not the same as they used to be. They've changed. They really have. They've changed. I want you to take a moment right now. Say it to someone sitting near you. Doesn't have to be your spouse. It can be anybody. And I want you to say out loud, wait for me. Say, you've changed. (gasps) Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to do that. We're going to do that together. One, two, three. You've changed. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. You've changed. (laughs) It's reality, people. People change over time. There's no denying it. It's just how it happens. If you're in a dating relationship right now and you, or you just recently got married, I want you to think about saying to them, not right now, but in the future, you're gonna change. You're gonna change. And very quick, important note, you are not saying, I'm going to change you. You are not saying, I'm going to change you. You're saying you're going to change. Two different things. Very different things. That, my friends, is wishful thinking to think you're going to change them how you want to change them. If you're dating someone right now or thinking about it, please know this. You are not going to change them into the person you hope that they'll become. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. 
The only way I found people to experience lasting change is through God and, and what this verse talks about. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Did you catch that? Who does the changing? Who, who does the transforming? God does. Thank you for saying that loud. Way to go, some of you. God does the changing. But here's the fun part. And the part that can help your relationship grow. Change is always happening. And when it's God that's doing the transforming, it can be so incredible. This is why we describe it as a bumpy gravel road. The most picturesque roads out there are often the ones that take you a little while to get to. They might even be just a footpath. They're not developed, they're explored. Here's the relationship tip. When you give each other permission to change and to grow, especially when you encourage each other and give each other permission to each be changed and transformed by God, you get to spend a lifetime exploring this person you love and always finding something new. This spouse of yours will only get boring if you stop exploring. That's on you. Okay. So, the roadmap. Grace Street. Delight Boulevard. Invest in the interstate. Travel down that curious gravel road. Here's a really important point about this roadmap. This is a daily commute. It's not a, like once in a while. This is a daily commute. You can hit each of these daily. You, the, the more often you take each of these roads, the, the better. If you're not married currently, you can practice all of these. If you're happily single, you can translate these things into your own life, and it can be amazing. Just a quick note, marriage is not for everyone, and that's okay. The Bible is clear that marriage does not need to be the end goal for every person. That's just what Paul says. He literally says this, which is fun to, this is the last verse. It's fun to be the last verse. Those who get married at this time will have troubles. You're welcome. And I'm trying to spare you those problems. So if you're single, just know if you want that relationship, it's going to be hard. It's going to be troubles. Now, a caveat to that is it can be so amazing. Each situation, whether single or married, each situation can be beautiful and amazing and God-blessed in incredible ways. Just know if you get married, it's two of you, so it's going to be a little harder. And that's just reality. It's just reality. If you'd like to find yourself Stepping toward a committed marriage someday, practicing these things is a great way to get there and to get there in a healthy way. There's more. We honestly could talk about this stuff for like 10 days, all day, and not touch all of it. There's just so much to this topic, but I hope I've given you a roadmap to at the very least get started. If you want more, if, if you're here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, man, there's just some underlying things. There's a check engine on. It's not bad, but I, I'd really like to get it resolved instead of having to worry if someday it blows up. Because that, that's awful to think about. Don't sit on it. Send me a message. Fill out a card. We have resources. 
price is something we can work out together so that you don't have to worry about that. We'll get you connected to someone who can help you. So don't wait. Get the check engine light. How wonderful would it be to wake up in the morning and think to yourself, I'm glad I'm here and I'm not worried about this thing anymore. How good is that? And for those of you who are in a place where, you know what, this is good. I love my marriage. We're working through stuff. We still have conflict. It's real. It's every day, everyone. Everybody has that. But I'm liking this. Love this. Enjoy this. Make a move to take this, this daily trip every day, right? To, to go down Gray Street, to take a trip down Delight Boulevard, to invest some each day and invest interstate, to be curious on that gravel road and explore this person in brand new ways. It's amazing. Why not? Ask God to help you take that daily commute. And I say ask God because none of this is possible unless God's involved in my experience. When you have God involved in this and he gives you that grace because you can't give it without his help and he illuminates the ways you can be curious and shows you a picture of the good creation and the good people he's made and how you can delight in those gifts, all of these things come together for some incredible opportunities for you to enjoy in its fullest what marriage can be. So I encourage you to ask God right now, I'm going to pray and that's how we'll close, that God would help us to live this daily commute and enjoy the goodness of it. Would you pray with me? Dear God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus, and the model that he is for all of this. The model he is for serving others and loving and giving grace but also, God, we, we ask that you'd help us to see the good creation that you have around us. Most importantly today, God, that person you've placed right in front of us. Help us to delight in them. Help us to invest in them. Help us to give them grace. Help us to remain curious. We know we need you and we can't do it on our own. So we ask that you would guide us and lead us to do that well. We thank you for all the ways you've blessed us in this life, and we ask that you would help us to take these next steps in a good, healthy way. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.